Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Hey, Trevor, welcome back. It's another Tuesday afternoon. Lovely Tuesday afternoon too, down in Melbourne. Oh, that's pretty nice in Sydney too. It's <laughs> getting a little colder now. Is there's a little less of the heat going on. Uh, it is uh, at night. It gets a bit cold, but anyway, I, I love it. I love it. Um, I cool, excellent. Now it's a really special podcast today because we've got our first ever guest. I'm so excited. So <laughs> you remember last week we talked about marketing. Um, and we, we chatted about a whole different bunch of marketing things, and we talked about telemarketing. And I'm delighted to say we've got who I consider to be the absolute leader in telemarketing from, from Matthew Cowan Prospecting. We've got Matt Cowan. Hello, Matt. G'day, Nick. How are you? I'm super. <laughs> and welcome on the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad you're great to be here. Cool. So let's let's start. Matt, give give us a view. Who, give us some background on yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What does your business sure. do? Let's let's do that. Sure, absolutely. So, sort of, to tell you a bit of a, a short story. I um, originally I'm from the UK. <clears throat> I um, I moved over to Australia about 12 years ago. Uh, spent a number of years working for large IT organisations, training various teams for companies like Oracle, American Express, uh, and other marketing agencies, um, where I learnt sort of manage teams. And uh, I guess that sort of that, that sort of brought my sales career in a, a very unique kind of direction. And um, Around about three and a half, four years ago, I had the opportunity to move over to the Philippines uh, with an ex- to, to conduct an expat role, um, something I'd never thought of before. Uh, my wife, she's a Chinese Filipino, and that, that's sort of what brought us out here as well. Um, but to really cut a long story short, I, um, I was, the role was made redundant, and, um, and I, was, I was kind of... Um, Given the situation, I guess, uh, in countries like the Philippines, the skill set has become so diverse and so high-end now that middle management is just not considered an expat role anymore. So unless you're a VP or an engineer, um, to get one of those lovely expat roles of free accommodation and a driver and all that sort of stuff just doesn't exist anymore. So I had to make a decision on... um, you know, what my next steps would be. I know the wife wanted to stay here and help the family with her businesses, but the reality was I had to find something to do. So I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I decided to, um, I guess, start my own venture and um, looked at what I'd done throughout my career and looked at my sort of past experiences, what I was good at, and I, I figured why not, why not start a business? And I actually uh, reached out to a friend of mine called Chris who runs a very successful um, company over in the Philippines called Flat Planet, an outsourcing um, BPO. And we agreed to partner together and um, he wasn't doing anything in the lead gen space so yeah we uh, we desire starting as a freelancer um, I uh, built up a business over three years we now have a team of six highly skilled BDMs um, so we specifically target uh, well I guess our specialization is enterprise B2B lead generation in the IoT space so we we enable sales teams by um, I guess topping up their pipeline with fresh pipe um, and we enable organizations that don't have the capability or resources of having their own BDR team by giving them that ability to um, to have that uh, capability uh, by outsourcing to organisations like us. So we specifically specialise in that enterprise um, core IT space, if that makes sense. So yeah, that, that's that's a bit of my story, a bit of my spiel. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's that's awesome. So you're in Manila right now, right? Correct. I'm on the phone with you on a t- from a Telstra line in the Philippines, Adam McCarty. Correct. That is so cool. It's our first international podcast as well, <laughs> Trevor. It's got to be cool, Very right? Good. <laughs> 
Trev, you still with us? I am here. I'm here. Sorry, I didn't know. I was just thinking. So from from all the uh, the, the issues comes a, a great business plan, which is the way most businesses evolve, don't they? You, you go over with a big idea, and then come, you come out and you've got uh, you got to you got to build something out of that and, and survive, and then you build a fantastic business from it. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> it's funny where life takes you. Yes, agreed. Okay, so so Matt, we we talked through some marketing approaches, but that you you focus on on you know direct what you call BDM or business development management. So you, you focus on on going out there and finding and talking to prospects. I assume you spend some time Correct. qualifying them um, and then passing them back to the customer as a qualified lead, or do you take them all the way through to the the kind of the close and the sale? What's what's your view on that? Good question. Um, I guess for more the B2C space, the four-end cycle would probably be more appropriate. Our, our um, specialisation is in the B2B enterprise space, so we'll, we essentially get the foot in the door for our, for our clients. So it's, it's about being very consultative. So we'll speak to everyone from C-level business owners down to IT managers if appropriate. And our idea isn't really to sell, it's to get that concept across. So the value pop's great. You know, I'm sure our clients have lovely solutions and um, that, that, that's great. But we want to have conversations about the business pains. So it's kind of like you know, being a patient and a doctor. We need to be really consultative and we need to identify exactly where those core needs are. And if there are no needs or if it's something in the future, we have to be honest. And sometimes the best thing you can hear in sales is a no because then you've qualified someone out. You can move on to the next prospect. So, yeah, essentially that, that, that's how we operate. I'm a big believer in the phone. Um, I've been doing a lot of research lately on the different methods of social media. We, we were in this social tsunami at the moment and I, I think social media is a great enabler um, in conjunction with the phone but I still given the um, one of the biggest pain points I guess that I'm, I'm hearing from executives is they're, con they're even more stressed than ever before the workload's intense they're probably getting a hundred plus in mails 200 plus emails a day from people trying to sell them um, so most of those are, del hit, are deleted by an EA so having someone pick up the phone call them on their direct mobile and have the right approach takes them out of that world so you can have that conversation in order to find out if there's a uh, relevant opportunity wow so so you're selling you're you're saying that everything everybody's being told about get on social do in mails tweet to people um facebook post advertise here etc etc is not as powerful as either reaching out to someone in person or picking up the phone and talking to them I will, I'll not quite as effective. It's got to be done together. So whether that's you send an email, for, an email first rather to the individual to connect on LinkedIn um, or you do it the other way around. You pick up the phone, you leave a message, you then send them an email and you might even hit them up on LinkedIn. Um, social media is good for doing that pre-research. So you go and check out those LinkedIn posts from the person you're calling. Is there something relevant they're talking about? Is there something on the cloud industry, the IT? Are there some facts? Was there an event they just attended? Bring that stuff up during the call. So it can definitely complement the call, but actually getting someone on the phone and, and having that conversation um, is far more powerful over the phone and even more powerful if you combine it with those other channels. Okay, so that's... So, uh, Trevor, I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, just two things that I wanted to sort of like... One thing that we talked about last week, Nick, and I we were really talking about, Matt, which I'd really like your feedback on is that and we used to go to all these conferences and it was sort of like this race to get the most of number of leads you could get. And you said sometimes the best thing you can have someone say to you is no. And um, 
you know, it, it, we today, we sit there and realise, you know, we should have spent more time talking to the people that were interested or showed an interest rather than just spending as much time as we could getting as many business cards so that we could follow them up later, which put a heap of pressure on us and we couldn't follow them up and, and so forth like that. You know, that. What are your thoughts? You know, that, that sounds like exactly what you were saying before, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so that, that's an interesting one. So one of the biggest pain points I hear from C-levels, uh, business owners that, that, that manage these events is actually the, the lack of follow-ups that are done. So there are companies like Gartner that have a really good follow-up system. Um, but in terms of the exhibitors and the, and the way that they manage their follow-ups, um, it's quite often done too late um, or it's not done at all. And it's not just about finding out if there's an opportunity, um, but going back to your sort of the no point in a second, but it's just getting the feedback from events. You know, what, what did you find out about the event? What did you like? What, what, what contact? You know, was most of it was of most interest to you? And then they can use that feedback to better improve the next event. But getting the no's, and, and yes, you're right. You collect. Well, I was at Seabit last year, and we collected uh, 300, 400 um, business cards, and the majority of them are just sort of looking around. But you know, at the end of the day, you've got to put them into some sort of CRM and and start nurturing them. You know, it's an it, a no is great, but it doesn't mean it's a no forever it, it could be a no now and you call in six months time and it could be a yes I've got clients that are I'm working with that said no to me three times in the last three years and um, yeah they know I've got one of those that recently signed up now so it's it's, it's timing and there's a whole bunch of different factors but no no is very powerful because if you can get feedback with that no you know what's what's the reason why you know you're not interested in having a conversation now you might get some interesting insights and you might find out that they're using a competitor of yours or you might find out that competitor has capabilities that you you don't that you might want to consider utilizing into your business so so no's powerful in those ways a you get rid of them for the moment so you can start talking to people that are genuinely interested and the timing's right and b you get to nurture them for the future uh, and you can you know you can get an email address and send them newsletters if they give you permissions for that sort of stuff so you know, it's 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 builds up a bit of a database as well does that help answer your question Trev? yeah it's it's sort of it's really along the lines where we were talking about nick and i was going through that whole thing of Okay, so yeah, they, if they're giving you details, obviously they're interested. They may not be interested today, but don't mm. um, don't hassle them. I think is really where we're coming through from. Me, yeah, feedback I get, mm. especially from accountants, is oh, I went on or, or my details got put into a database, and I'm just getting phone calls from from so many people, and I just don't have time for it and all of that sort of thing. And um, and that really really annoys them. And if you think about leading into my second question, how do you turn that that, that telemarketing experience away mm. from what everybody hates, you know, somebody ringing them about a, you know, new electricity bill or, you know, get a new electricity account going or, you know, those sort of things. And they're really, you know, really, really upset you. And that's really to the consumer. So you're not B2B, but B2C yeah. does that. Mm. But I find accountants seem to react the same way about people ringing them. Getting past the gatekeeper is really hard. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Uh, Look, it's about adding value. Um, There's a chap that you might have seen on LinkedIn called Tony Hughes, and he's really big on the whole combo selling approach, as I mentioned before. And what I've been learning over the last couple of years, I mean, people don't want to be sold to. And that's why, you know, they're getting calls from all these telemarketers. You know, are you interested in this? Do you want to do this? And the reality is people just, they don't like that approach. it's really about adding value. In the B2C space, it's probably a little bit more complicated, but in the B2B space, it's, 
it's as straightforward as be different than the last person that called. So if, a, if it, for example, if it's a, an event mm -hmm. and there's 10 different exhibitors calling up the same person, if that one... Um, company calls them a little bit differently they do their research even something as simple as for, for example the other day I called a, a cloud provider and I actually went online and I spent a couple of hours doing some research on what's happening in that space um, you know with IT managers pulling stuff away from the cloud and all these concerns around security and the growth of the public and private cloud space and just sending an email with those insights and then having a conversation about that without even talking about any of my products or solution got me in the door and got me a meeting with a C-level executive of a of a large IT company and um, it's different it's a, it's a fresh approach as well so adding value is key um, and that's you know whether that's done via social media and the phone together it's making sure that you're not you're different than everyone else out there that's just calling up and putting the same messaging in right trying to sell 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 yeah I, uh, sell 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 a lot of people come across that way and I know I know we've worked with you and you don't come across that way and you know, and that's what we want to find out is what is that, that uniqueness, which we're really finding out now. It's, um, it's just being really different. Uh, one of one of the being things different and adding value. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry, guys. One one of the things I wanted to chat about, Matt, is is kind of the other way. So we've mm -hmm. talked about clients that say no. Um, we've talked mm -hmm. about qualification and we've talked about a different approach. So there's another type of prospect I want to get your view on, and that's the mm -hmm. one that doesn't say no but doesn't say yes. Um, so the, the, the prospect that calls you up every quarter wants another demonstration or another view or another couple of hours of, of spending time with them but never actually makes a decision. And they're, they're quite expensive, they're difficult to manage and they mm -hmm. cost you a lot of money for not really a lot of return. You know, you've been in this game for a long time, you know way more about it than we do. Mm -hmm. How would you deal with someone like that? It's a really, really good question, and it probably goes on a little bit more to a recent article that I posted on the terminology ghosting. Um, so whether that's either way, whether it's you know you've you've cold called someone, they're they're interested, and then you know they disappear, and then you call them up in three months, or they call you back and they say they're interested, and you keep sending them proposals and pricing, and then they disappear again. Um, I think that really draws down to qualification. If a prospect is really excited, they want pricing, and they sound like they're ready, ready to go. Um, the reality is they're just in this day and there isn't many prospects um, that are that are like that anymore. They're, they're one in a hundred, one in a thousand, even more. Um, I, I saw. I saw. I always question when someone says, "Yeah, we're ready to go next week. We're ready to start yesterday, and um, yeah, give us the pricing." And then, of course, you send them everything, you qualify, and then they disappear. Um, the reality is, you've got to spend more time in the discovery phase. So that's just making sure you have a set of questions um, that you can really deep dive. So you know, for example, the person you might be speaking to might sound like they're the right person they might even be the business owner but they might not actually make the decision they might have a marketing manager that 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 decides everything even though they're keen to move forward the marketing manager is pushing back and managing upwards and saying no and that, that that's common I, I come across that a lot um in my engagements, but it's making sure we just qualify, 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 asking the right questions. Where are they at? What are the next steps? Um, you know, how important and how urgent, if you weren't going to go ahead with this, this particular solution or this, this, um, this event or whatever it was, what, what would that mean for your business? You know, what are your alternatives? You know, and, that, and you just got to really dig out that realism because they might be right. They might be just shopping around. Um, and the only way to get around that is to ask as many questions as possible. Does that, does that help, Nick? That, that does, that does. Now, I have, have another question because Trevor had two, so it's my go. No, okay. So, so we're, we're, the, 
we're the accounting technology fireside chat, right? So we talk about the technology that people should use in an accounting environment. From a marketing point of view and from a telemarketing point of view, what's your ideal technology stack? What do you use to make your business pop? What, what are the things that, you know, obviously you mentioned the Telstra line already, that's a bit of technology, but mm. what are your key technology tools that make this all work? That's a really good question. I mean, given that we're, uh, we're still relatively a small business, our, our technology is it's smart, um, but we haven't invested in some of those larger tools. One of the biggest um, tools would be your CRM. You have to make sure um, as a business owner that you pick the right CRM and everything goes into it. Um, I learned that the hard way at the start of the business using Excel sheets, and it just was an absolute nightmare, and I've got various reps using different sheets. and The easiest way is to have a very good comprehensive CRM. There's many out there. There's Salesforce. We use HubSpot. There's Pipedrive. There's immense, there's probably about 30 good ones that you can actually use. And you can use that for your forecasting. You can use that for your lead gen. You can use that for your notes. Um, for our clients, we generally use their CRM uh, or we utilize an Excel sheet. Depends on the compliance that's involved. But number one would definitely be the CRM tool. You have to invest in that. A lot of them are actually free until you want the more capable, the more advanced capabilities of the tool. Everything has to go in your CRM. You know, if someone's having a birthday party, someone's in hospital or or someone's about to have a baby, all that personal stuff needs to go in your CRM. As you said before, Nick, you know, if you've got someone that you, you chase, said no and then three months later you get back in touch with them, you can re-establish that connection again just by asking, you know, how, how's your little one doing? It's been, you know, it's been three months, six months, a year, you know, they must be two years old now. And you've kept all those notes in your CRM. So that's that's probably one one sort of major piece of technology. There are others that I'm, that I'm currently looking at. I mean, having an... Um, a con like a, a predictive dialer can be quite handy if you're in the B2C space. Um, there's a company called Connect and Sell that actually provide a tool that does automated dialing so that you kind of outsource the dialing to a company um, it, with various locations with different dialers that make the calls for you. And when the call clicks, it gets sent through to the agent. So that takes away a lot of the time as well. Um, that's probably more for the lower end B2B SME stuff. For, for what we do, we try and keep it very open and very strategic. Um, so we want our team to be a little bit more open with the prospects they choose, they call, and they and who they call and who they research. But yeah, going back to number one, CRM 100%, and it's got to be uh, everyone has to be talking the same language out of the same hymn sheet. Cool, excellent. So CRM is is the number one tool, and I'm thinking, Trevor, our next <laughs> podcast needs to be all about CRMs, right? Yeah, I think so. Because we had a big chat, we had a little chat yesterday about CRM, and I think we need to go into it a bit more detail. So it's a, it's a really good idea. So, so Matt, thank you so much for coming here today. Your insights have been invaluable. But before you go, you. I think we ought to give you the opportunity. First of all, I know you've just released a book, so, so I'm going to give you an opportunity right. to plug that. And secondly, um, let our listeners know how they can get hold of you. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you, Trevor. Um, so yes, I recently published a book like, late last year. Uh, it's more on the philosophies of cold calling. Um, it's really based, it's my story uh, and the story and, and the, and the um, I guess, the, the journey I went on from making that first cold call and nearly having a heart attack and running outside, pretty much nearly crying and, and smoking, um, to, to, to being, a, like I'd say, at least a, a subject matter, matter expert on the, uh, on the subject matter. Um, 
Um, it's a really good, some really good insights. So if read it with an open mind. There's there's a lot of stuff in there about how you should manage campaigns in the B2B space effectively. Some tips on the cold calling and just making sure that you, um, I guess, actively make time to make cold calls. It's really important for any business owner. Yes, you can outsource it. There's some uh, different stories and philosophies inside the book on that. But I definitely recommend grab a copy. It's on Amazon. Um, and yeah, look, I, I really appreciate your time, Trevor. And if you need to contact me, my uh, my email is Matthew at CowanProspecting.com. Cool. And we'll put that in the notes on this podcast. Matt, Matt thank you so much for thank taking the much. time out of your very Thanks, busy Matt. day to be with us. We really appreciate your insights. And, and we look forward to doing more business with you soon. Thanks, Matt. So thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Thanks. Trevor. Yeah. Thanks, Chef. All right, Trev. So, so that's that's Matt Cowan. I'd awesome dude so look at the notes in the podcast to find out information on his book and everything else so trevor what are your insights from that oh the insights are it's, it's, it's really that that qualification really understanding your client and, and having that information that you can have those really in-depth conversations with your clients not just go in and go hey you want to buy you've got this and nice and pretty it's really understanding what the client's needs are and and what they're looking for and having a, a quality conversation with somebody um, rather than just ringing up trying to sell something to them. And the CRM is the key to having that information that you can have that quality conversation with them, that you can have that six degrees of separation or you can, you know, you can say, I, I remember you and I care. So that's what I got out of it. Cool. No, no, me too. I thought that was a fantastic chat. I, I love listening to Matt talks about what he does. So look in the description on this podcast to find a link to buy the book. Um, and we'll try and get an affiliate link so we can make some cash out of it, Trev. Um, and we're okay. also, we'll also um, um, link to, to Matt's business because they've been fantastic. So so that's kind of it for our, our fireside chat today. Um, I hope you've all be, found that interesting. I'm, I'm sure, and I found Matt, Matt fascinating. And and I think what, what we'll do next week is we're we're going to come chat to you all about CRMs, the different ones out there, and how they work. So, uh, and what they actually mean, Nick. That was the conversation <laughs> we had yesterday. What is? What's the definition of a CRM? What's a CRM? Let's let's see if we can find it through the week. Uh, I, will, I will go digging out through the week. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in, and have a fantastic day. See you then. Bye. Yes. Bye. 